Welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. The Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. Okay, welcome to the show. The first question is from Ryan. Can you pin glute every day? No. Uh, you cannot do that because if you pin the same spot or same two spots every day, um, after you do the injection, it takes about three days, two or three days for it to return to normal for all the the oil to get dispersed and go throughout the body, all of the hormone oil that the steroid is suspended in. And uh, then there's a bunch of inflammation factors in the area that your body's got to clear out and you want to give it, you know, a full seven days, a full week before you inject in the same spot twice. That's, uh, generally how long it takes for an injection site to return to a hundred percent normal. Normally after an injection, the area will swell up a little bit and, uh, may be a little bit pink. It might be a little pink. Uh, or there may be some kind of like a hill, some kind of swelling area. That's a natural, that's a natural reaction to getting an intramuscular injection. What is cause for concern is when there's a lot of extended pain at the area, more than just, you know, if it's your first injection, if it's the first time you've ever taken roids, you know, you're going to get like pain, like a sore muscle. Or like a charley horse, like someone kicked you in the leg or something, or in the butt. Uh, or like, you know, you had the hardest workout of your life, you know. That's going to be happening for the first, you know, three or four weeks that you're, you know, taking shots. Uh, because it's called what's virgin muscles. And after you get more used to taking injections, then the, they stop having such a extreme reaction or like a freak out to getting hormone oil injected into them so that usually goes away like three or four times into doing an injection in the same spot um you know you could inject in your glutes uh like your outer rear uh left and right glute outer quadrant area uh you know one or two times a week You'd want to do once a week, but some guys do do more than that. Maybe just move to the right or the left from the last one uh, an inch or two, but that's not a good idea. You should be uh, waiting a full week between injection sites and reusing them. Um, 
yeah, but anyways, cause for concern is if there's serious pain at the injection site and it's like more of a sharp pain or a shooting pain, it's not just like a dull ache, but it's more of a sharp pain. Um, and also heat, like if it's like really hot and it's staying hot for like more than like a day or two, you know, like, and it's like not just a little bit hot, but like that shit's hot and it's red and swollen and it's staying like that way for more than like two or three days. That's a cause for alarm. So if you're worried about infections, stuff like that, the number one thing is you're going to feel like a different type of pain. That's the number one thing would be the first uh, sign for alarm is when you feel more of a sharp pain instead of a dull pain. And then if that thing starts getting hot and it's staying hot, those are the two worst signs. Okay, and then uh, Ryan's had one more other question, and it was, do all bodybuilders, including Arnold, use sight enhancement? Um, most bodybuilders do use some form of sight enhancement, um, but some do not. It's, not. it's not that all bodybuilders use some form of sight enhancement, but most do. Um, some bodybuilders use a form of sight enhancement where they continually... Um, inject the same spot with large amounts of steroid hormone oil over and over again. So they just take steroids, but they take them like all into one small muscle group, like over and over and over again. So doing anywhere from like, you know, whatever various steroids they take, you know, and usually these guys are guys who are using, you know, a lot of steroids per week. And, you know, maybe they take something like three, three cc's a day of steroids. Okay. And so you know, they might be putting them into, you know, like one milliliter into their brachialis in their bicep, you know, that tiny little muscle. And then like one into the um, short head of their triceps, the part that sticks out, um, you know, on the side that everybody can see, you know, taking one C into that little line right there of muscle, one CC, you know, and then uh, the other spot being some other maybe like their inner upper chest or something like that, you know, and doing it into that little area, you know, one CC and, you know, doing that every single day. Like, I mean, yeah, it builds up scar tissue. Like that's no secret. That's no secret at all that it does that. I mean, <laughs> if you've taken any roids for any amount of time, you'll know that you build up like hard ball shaped like masses, like, you know, like, of scar tissue basically in the injection sites that you use over and over and over again. And eventually those areas start to like lock up too, and they need like therapy. And so that's why that's one reason to, you know, like rotate injection sites and not use the same one over and over again is to limit this kind of buildup, the scar tissue. Um, but also, uh, to, you need mobility in the area because having that scar tissue buildup, it restricts the way that the muscle can like, stretch and flex and it can cause so much pain like nerve pain and referred pain from pulling on your muscles and pulling on your tendons and making them get inflamed and then thinking you have tight tendonitis and stuff like if you've been doing roids for a while i definitely suggest whatever if you've been using like the same injection site over and over again i definitely recommend like choosing a new one for a little while and like you know getting some major massage done on those areas where you have been doing them, doing the injections over and over again. So for you new guys, you know, this is no, this is no secret, you know, that all of us that do this for an extended period of time, um, have, you know, to totally scar tissue, totally. We know it, we can feel it, man. 
scar tissue built up in uh, like muscles that we've used for like injections over and over and over again. So like you do that into three, you know, tiny muscle groups that are like tiny little lines or tiny little strands like in your arms and shit like that. And you do that like every single day and you've piling up years and shit over that. Hell yeah. It's sight enhancement. Like it's, it's kind of an unusual form and it's almost like kind of like an uh, art, an artwork or something, you know, like getting <laughs> really just getting these tiny little, uh, precise injections going on in these tiny little muscles, uh, and making sure it's in exactly the right spot. It's like, it's almost like somebody like doing a painting or doing drawing or something and doing it on their arms with, you know, hormone, uh, held in oil. And then, uh, you know, in needles. <laughs> so that's one form of sight enhancement guys. And that, that form of sight enhancement, like pretty much everybody's doing that. Um, who's mo most guys are doing that who, who are like, at, if they're like competing and they're really trying to, uh, they're really trying to do something with that. That's, that's something that is pretty widely, pretty widely done. I'm not saying that all bodybuilders do this. Okay. But I'm saying that, like, this is a thing. This isn't like, oh, I'm just pulling this, like, out of left field here. And only one or two guys that are listening to this knows what I'm talking about. No, a lot of guys know what I'm talking about. A lot of guys know that people do this. And and, and I've seen it done. And, and uh, you know, with my own eyes, I'm, I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. Uh, and this is this is a thing, okay? So it it's not a good idea to be doing a lot of injections into those small muscles and stuff there there's like nerves and uh, a lot of you know bad stuff that can happen in the areas this is why boston lloyd he's an internet bodybuilder on youtube but he also is a regular regular bodybuilder too not on youtube and uh you know what he got a massive uh nerve he destroyed a nerve trying to remember that that short head of the tricep that i was talking about that guys try to do that that little line going down to your your elbow on your tricep on the outside of your tricep, he was doing injections in that area. He had a nerve and like, you know, like permanently screwed his arm up. So that's the things that kind of, ha that can happen with this kind of thing. And it's not that uncommon. You know, you guys like, you got guys like me who got like my steroid leg infection, or you get guys like Boston Lloyd who like, you know, destroys his arm in his vein. Well, you know, when we have these kinds of experiences, guys like come out of the woodwork from like all over the internet, like, you know, giving us their little confession about their similar experiences. So I can tell you that I got at least 70 to 80 of those, you know, and that's a low number. That's a low ball number, 70 to 80 emails, you know, of guys telling me like, uh, just in their lifetime of, you know, being on gear that, you know, they'd had, uh, it was, they usually said something similar, but not as bad happened to them as well, you know, in their steroid using experience. So, you know, it wasn't everyone, but it was, you know, some people, you know, how many people knew about my leg? Well, it was in, it was in, you know, newspapers and shit like worldwide. So, you know, like millions, absolutely, definitely millions. And, you know, out of all that, you know, there was something like 70 or 80 people out of the millions that, that saw it. So it's not a big number, but I'm just saying it happens, you know, it happens. And it's always from people who are not using pharmaceutical grade gear. Okay. And that, 
I've said this before. This is my resolution that I made with myself after that in order to, because I can't let something like that happen to me again, you know, or, or I can't do something like that. I can't do something that puts me in that situation again, because that's what happened before is I did something, you know, that put me in that situation where, you know, I put myself at risk for having, you know, my leg get destroyed like that. Um, so, you know, I was using underground lab gear and, you know, I made a choice, you know, uh, you know, I know that that's not good. I know that that's not a good thing to be doing, but I made a choice to do that. And, uh, you know, you know, I rolled the, I rolled the dice, you know, and I lost big time. So I ended up, you know, with the flesh eating bacteria in my leg and, uh, you know, had that whole nightmare you know, freaking nightmare situation happened to me in Colombia. So, you know, for me, this is what I say after this, because I had to have a long, if you guys know me, you've known, and if you've known me, watch my YouTube stuff, seen bodybuilder in Thailand.com, steroidspodcast.com, kratomhappy.com, et cetera, over the years, you'll know that, um, I don't know. Actually, I got I got lost on that sidetracked. Okay, back to <laughs> back to uh, back to the leg thing. So you know, I got burned. I got burned, and uh, I got burned big time, and uh, because of my recklessness, my recklessness. So I had some some thoughts. I had time to think to myself afterwards. Okay, and I said to myself, dude, you know, you got to make some changes because, you know, that was definitely recklessness which led to that and um you know i was thinking because i'm thinking that can't happen again because that was too close you know that was too close to you know passing away or something like that so i don't want that to happen so i had to make some changes and i knew that that was necessary and i just said i came up with a realistic plan um to make that not happen um so just to put it bluntly guys um anabolic steroids and performance enhancing drugs are required for bodybuilding okay and also for professional sports okay so if you want to be somebody who makes money with their body or who plays professional sports unless you're some kind of fringe character i'm not saying it's impossible but i'm saying you'd be some kind of fringe character okay but the vast majority of humans on this planet okay that want to do those things you know they're using peds okay and so that's that's part of it that's that's part of it that's what's necessary that's a requirement so you know i do make my income you know off of my bodybuilding activities my bodybuilding and fitness activities on the on the internet that is how uh, I make my primary streams of income and have been doing so for years okay so for me um, steroids and performance enhancing drugs are absolutely necessary for me to uh, make my living and sustain uh, you know sustain myself uh, so the the first thing that you think of after the leg thing is well you know are you going to stop doing this altogether? You know, and so yeah, that that definitely crossed my mind. Yeah, I you know I, I thought this through big time, um, but I have to be so. I had that thought, okay, because I was like, hey, you know what? You know, I don't need these things. Like, you know, originally before I started using roids, 
You know, I didn't even want to use no roids, okay? You know, I wanted to be natural. That's why I hired Matt Ogus as coach and everything, okay? Team 3DMJ, the natural bodybuilders. I hired them because I didn't want to use steroids, okay? I wanted to be natural. But then once reality hit me and I realized what was necessary, um, you know, I did what was necessary. And so that's why I started using them, okay? Because... There was no other option. The truth realized to me, um, you know, when I started using them, okay, or before I started using them too, okay, this is, you know, this is obviously necessary. And then once I did start using them, it became much more clear to me, oh, like, oh my God, this is, you know, what I was missing, you know, it became clear very quickly. <laughs> and uh, so, so that's, you know, that that's a given. So got to maintain using them. And this is a conclusion that I came to, um, uh, for, for my lifestyle, the, or not my lifestyle because the lifestyle can go. Okay. Bodybuilding lifestyle is fun, but, um, it's not as important to me as living or dying. Okay. So that's what I mean by that lifestyle can go. Okay. So, but it's how I do my living and everything. And to be honest with you, to be quite frank, I've learned it or not learned, but I've just realized as I've used them that, yeah, I like having a high male hormone levels. Okay. I feel that it has many be benefits in my life outside of bodybuilding. And, uh, I like having high male hormone levels. So if you asked me with a gun to my head and told me, uh, and said, uh, you know, tell me the honest truth. Do you believe that, <laughs> that steroids improve your life or do you believe, or do you like regret ever having used them? I would say to you this, I would say it's been, they, they have benefit and, um, you know, they, they are a tool. They're a tool that I've used to help me build the life that I want to have and they've been a necessary component of it and I'd say that um my natural born talents and body in combination with the enhancement mentally and physically that I get from them has been uh more valuable and the experience having used them has been more valuable to me than the various negatives that I have encountered by using them, which I have also encountered negatives. But I would say that they've been essential for me in my pursuit of the, um, of, of the life I want to have. I felt like it was the right decision. Looking back, you know, making that decision to use them, I feel that it was the right decision and if you ask me that, like being like, swear on your grave, you know, and like holding a gun to my head, if I like didn't say the truth, okay, I would say that I would, I would say that, um, I do not regret it. And I would say that I feel like, you know, that decision that I made, you know, back when I, when I was, you know, five or six years ago when I was like 24 or so. I would say that it, it was the right decision. You know, in hindsight, it was the right decision. I made the right decision to start using steroids. Okay. 
and that's including everything that's fucking happened. It's including everything that's fucking happened. Okay? That's the way that I feel. So, obviously, I must feel that, you know, they've provided some serious firepower for my life, if I feel that way. Um, and so, what, I, what I've done um, to continue using them while eliminating or decreasing the risk of having a repeat experience to such a microscopic uh, level is that I've switched to no longer injecting anything that doesn't come from a government licensed pharmaceutical company with certified, you know, like like Western medicine, okay? If it couldn't be sold in a Western pharmacy, then it's not going in me, okay? And, um, you know, so it was made for humans and it was made to be sold in a pharmacy, okay? Or sold from a pharmacy, whatever. And it was, you know, it could be given by a doctor in a hospital, that quality, okay? Not putting anything in me that isn't like that anymore. No injections, okay? No injections that aren't like that anymore. So, I feel that taking this precaution and sticking to it, you know, along with my, you know, very flawless injection technique and sterilization pro procedures that I have always used, which always includes alcohol, and never, ever have I reused a needle or syringe I have never done it okay so doing those things along with only putting things into me via injection that a doctor at a hospital would be doing um, you know but doing it myself um, that is how I have safeguarded from a repeat experience those when I weighed you know reality what I feel that I need to do, what I know that I need to do, and, you know, my bad experience um, caused by my recklessness, the overall conclusion that I came to was, hey, you need to take a step back and calm down and really grow up a little bit. That was what I thought. I thought, I thought you need to, I was having a conversation with myself, okay? And I said, you need to grow up a little bit. Um, and and uh, then... I said, okay, now we're going to think about <laughs> what we're going to do to make sure this never happens again, because that can never happen again. Okay. That can never happen again. And so this plan that I just let you know, that's what I came up with. Okay. Moving on. Next question is from Brady bomb. Have you ever used farm grade D ball? And what was the experience like? Okay. Yes, I have used farm grade D ball. So, in there's there's a couple companies that make pharmaceutical grade D ball um, in Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, one is British Dispensary. It's a pharmaceutical company there. They make like stuff, also that like men's toilet products. You know that you find in Seven Eleven or whatever. They also make that. Then they also make D ball too. Uh, and uh, they make the, the, you know, those hexagonal pink five milligram tablets. They make those. And then the, uh, the other company there uh, has, that makes D-Ball is uh, March Pharmaceuticals. And they also are a pharmaceutical company in Bangkok. 
I'm not sure what else they make, I, other than hormones, like I am with British Dispensary, uh, which is not a British company. I don't know why it's called British Dispensary. It's a Thai company. Uh, they're, they're licensed by the government, but, uh, like it's a legal company. Um, but the uh, the DS Danabol by March Pharmaceuticals is also a government-licensed uh, pharmaceutical grid methandrostenolone, metandianone, D-ball. And uh, those are 10 milligram blue heart-shaped tablets. So, yeah, I've used those. And to be, uh, to put it, man, I've got something in my, I stepped on something and it's between my toe. Okay, fix that. The uh, pharmaceutical grade Dianabol tablets are nothing short of amazing. They're Superman pills. You take these things and and like they're so strong, dude. They're so strong. I mean, I've taken anywhere from fifty milligrams to hundred milligrams per day, and believe me, it's toxic at hundred milligrams per day, and it's fairly toxic at fifty. Um, but from twenty to thirty, or, or even like kind of forty milligrams pushing it, you can run them for a long time and build up like so much big muscle like juicy full muscle <laughs> and, and like amazing pumps and like incredible gym performance like that shit is a serious performance enhancing drug and the effects come on so fast like two to three days and then it's just like oh my god like it's like a it's like driving down the highway with your windows down going 100 miles per hour that's like what the experience is like when you're in the gym on those farm grade Dianabol tablets because of how effective and performance enhancing they are. It's just like, what the fuck? It's, it's like everything that I do in the gym, my body like completely reacts and overcompensates to the stimulus that I gave it. And then the next workout, it's like, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, this stuff works. It's like one of the strongest steroids. You know, it's definitely one of the most, that pharmaceutical grade D-ball, uh, you know, from those pharma pharmaceutical grade Thai companies is definitely, you know, in that top three for the strongest bodybuilding substance I have ever touched. You know, it's, it's insane. Gotta eat carbs with it. Gotta eat carbs with it to, for any roid to function optimally, uh, except for Trenbolone and even Trenbolone, it makes a big difference. It's just not as much. Next question is from blueberries compounds to get female butt and legs leaner. Okay. So for females never use any kind of male hormone substance in the first place. If you're using any kind of male hormone thing or any kind of thing that suppresses estrogen, that's not attractive. Okay. Number one, that is not attractive to suppress female hormones and try to become more male. Don't like it. Don't like it. So don't use any uh don't use any hormone. Don't use any hormone stuff for your for your physique or your body or your figure if you're a female. If you want to use something that works, you want to use something that will make you lose fat. Here's what you do. You get a little bit of T4, okay? That's thyroid prohormone. T3 is the active thyroid hormone in your body. So you take these T4 thyroid hormone tablets, okay? And they speed up your metabolism. You take it at somewhere between 100 to 200 micrograms per day of these T4s. 
This is not medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying that this is what people do, and I'm relaying this information to you like a conversation, okay? Don't take this as advice. I'm just, we're just having a conversation. I'm casually putting this out here. Uh, I do not recommend it, though. Is, you know, so you use that T4 thyroid hormone at like 100 to 200 micrograms per day, and then adding in clenbuterol at 20 to 30 to 40 micrograms per day, okay? And, you know, maybe even up to 60 or 80 micrograms per day, uh, you know, building up to that over a tolerance and doing that, you know, for as long as you need to, to diet for up to like, up to like six, six to eight weeks or so. Uh, and you can just continue running the thyroid hormone, you know, as long as you want to, um, that, you know, honestly, if you want thyroid hormone and you want that T4 thyroid hormone, you should go to your doctor and ask for it because, they prescribe that stuff like crazy. Like, I mean, so many people get prescribed thyroid hormone. You could, a lot of people, yeah, the, the, the common diet, the, the modern diet, it's not good for your thyroid. So a lot of people have thy, low thyroid levels and get supplemented with T4, which makes your metabolism go faster. And then you, the clen is like really, the clenbuterol, it really burns the fat off like crazy. Both of these supplements can affect your heartbeat and rhythm and intensity of the of the closing of the valves, so it can feel like your heart can be pounding. This doesn't happen like to a significant level in some people, but in others it does. So if you know that you're sensitive to stuff like that, like if when you drink caffeine, um, you have like really powerful effects on your heart or something like that, then know that you know. Taking, doing something like taking thyroid hormone and clenbuterol together is also going to cause side effects like that. All right. And none of that was advice. So don't take it as advice. It was just me having a conversation with you about things that would work to answer your question. About compounds to get female butt and legs leaner. Sir Puffala asks, best supplements for depression... The best supplement for depression is vitamin D. Vitamin D tablets um, taken up to anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 IU per day make a huge difference in your mood. Uh, it's just a fact. Like if you take them, if, if you, unless you're living somewhere like in the sun, you know, and you're like at the beach all day like that, then you're probably already a happy camper anyways. But if that's not you... Um, you know, like with your shirt off at the beach, like all day in the sun, then this is probably going to make a major difference in your mood is taking 5,000 IU up to 10,000 IU of vitamin D D3, uh, per day for even like feeling the effects after like one week. Another one that works really good is St. John's wort, um, taken at like around 900 milligrams or 1000 milligrams per day. It has a, St. John Wort has a chemical, the, the pills the, from the supplement store has a chemical inside of it. That's like, you know, it show, seems to be as effective as like antidepressant pills from the doctor. It's a natural thing though, so they can't patent it. But, you know, they, 
looked at some of the, uh, when they were developing SSRI drugs like Paxil or Prozac or Zoloft or something like that, you know, those depression drugs, when they were researching them to create them uh, and, you know, what kind of chemical they would want, what they'd want to do, they looked into the uh, active ingredient of St. John, John's wort and studied it. It's called a uh, hypersin. And uh, they they studied that for their part of their research to come up with the compounds that are the uh, SSRI antidepressant drugs. So uh, this is a powerful this is a powerful antidepressant supplement, St. John's Wort. You know, starting at dosages around 900 milligrams per day. You've always got to dose these things high, you know, because you know they. They say a lot of information on the label about dosing things low sometimes, especially supplements when, you know, we both know damn right that you got to be taking a full dosage to be feeling supplements. Um, let me think. As far as, like, depression drugs go, um, you got to find out what the root cause of your depression is, okay? So sometimes it's anxiety. Sometimes it's, like, a, it's like headaches, or sometimes it's like sadness. And those are all different types. Those are all different like manifestations of depression. So like you you might not be sad if you have if you have depression, but it's like it's a I actually studied this in school. This is what my my major, my bachelor's degree is. Uh but uh I'm interested in it anyways, just like everything else. Uh like all the medicine and all this stuff that I talked to you guys about on this show. But uh yeah, it doesn't always it doesn't always be sadness. Depression isn't always just sadness. It it's it's like a state uh that you're stuck in. Like it's an affective state or your state of mind, the way you consciously feel and it's it's like a cycle and you know, you you're stuck in this one way of feeling and uh or or there's one way of feeling that is frequently coming to you. And dominating your mood so you know this can be caused by someone being very sad yes but it can also be caused by someone being anxious um, and it can also um, be caused by like feeling lack of control or lack of ability to make a decision and that's where sometimes you'll get people like with uh, headaches they just constantly have a headache all the time and they don't know why and it can be depression, um, which which is a mood. You know, it's a mood disorder. It's it doesn't mean that you need to go to your psychiatrist. I'm just saying, it is what it is. Uh, but yep, that's what the that's what all this uh, stuff is meant to treat. So, for some people, also smoking marijuana can help with that kind of things. Uh, cannabis um, for people who. Kratom can help too. Actually, Kratom can help a lot, actually. You know, with Kratom, the best... Okay, so I think that the can't the best kind of... Uh, the best kind of depression that the cannabis treats is the kind that is like uh, feeling lack of control or the... Uh, or like anger, things like that, because it mellows people out and it takes away things like a headache or something like that. But then the Kratom... The Kratom is the best for the people who are feeling sad, they are feeling like there's no light at the end of their tunnel, like there's no hope, and, uh, you know, they are feeling like a low self-esteem, things like this, you know? That 
that one helps the most. It helps the most with depression like that. So, in last resort, you can get depression drugs from your doctor. I was trying to tell you guys about some more natural, more natural alternatives right now. Uh, because those depression drugs are big money drugs. They're like some of the top 10, you know, highest selling drugs in America every year, you know, and in European nations. And, uh, you know, the statistics show like one in 10 people, you know, is on those things, which that's a lot of money, you know, that's a lot of money being made. And, you know, they're heavily mind altering. Uh, I've studied them. The drugs like Prozac or Zoloft, um, Lexapro, any of these drugs that are meant for depression, they make major changes going on in your in your brain. Receptors and neurochemicals, the way that they interact and fly out, you know, what makes them do what, makes major changes, okay? So if you take one of those drugs, you're, you're like, you know, this is a big money drug that uh, is cha- making major changes in your head. And if you're living in a Western country, something like one in 10 people is freaking on it. Okay. So I don't want to be a part of that. You know, I would never want to be a part of something like that. Uh, so if you've got to take them, then you've got to take them. If you can't dig yourself out of that hole, they can help. And, uh, they, they can, you know, they can help you dig yourself out of that hole of depression. Uh, but you want to avoid them because you don't want to get caught up in some kind of mind-altering thing that is, you know, makes people be okay with things that they otherwise wouldn't be okay with. And, you know, the government and pharmaceutical companies are, like, making a lot of money on that kind of thing like that. That's not something you want to get involved in. So those are good reasons to stay away from your stay away from depression drugs all right next question simon asks does low carb dieting low carb dieting reduce thyroid levels yes the answer is yes it does simon um low carb dieting uh can severely uh reduce thyroid uh, levels so starch carbohydrates when you eat that starch carbohydrates means things like bread potato uh rice grain things like that those increase uh they make thyroid hormone levels go up so it's it's actually the conversion between the uh the T4 to the T3 thyroid hormone that gets increased the enzyme that does that conversion and cre- makes the the inactive prohormone T4 increase to T3 it gets more of it gets produced when you when you eat those carbohydrates and so that's why that they make your metabolism go so much faster like when you when you're eating a lot of carbohydrates on a regular basis you'll notice your body and your face heating up when you eat and after you eat and then for people that are you know using thyroid hormone or they're on trenbolone this is even more uh but yeah, that it's it's mainly because their thyroid their thyroid levels are up like that, and they're making they're increasing the speed of their metabolism because they're eating a lot of carbs. But you know, you don't you don't see uh, ketogenic people looking real hot and sweaty while they're eating. <laughs> I 
but it's a fact when you're on a ketogenic diet your body cools down a lot your body cools down a lot and then also your heartbeat when you're on a ketogenic diet it also slows down you'll feel like the you'll feel just calmer simply because of that simply because your heart is so steady and it's like beating so slowly and reliably on a ketogenic diet you automatically start feeling calmer it's pretty interesting and also because your thyroid hormones are reduced because the thyroid uh levels influence the heartbeat and the contractile force or the uh of the heart or how hard the valves of your heart slam you know when they pump the blood uh it increases that so since naturally eating a ketogenic diet or low-carb diet decreases the thyroid hormone levels, that's also a huge part of why on the ketogenic diet, after a little while, you start feeling that uh, that decrease in your heart rate. So that's one of the reasons why people do carb cycling is the fact that different people have super sensitive thyroids to different carb levels. And yeah, no carbs at all is the best for fat loss like everyone knows that who's used it everyone knows that but it's not sustainable for most people uh it is it is for some for some point but the the performance goes way down and then also if you stay as in the strength in the gym you know and the amount of physical performance that you can do it goes way down on the low carbs and then um also there, you know, as they keep on doing the low carbs, the initial super fast fat loss slows down after a couple of weeks. Uh, it's, it still keeps on going, but it's not quite as uh, quite as liberal or just so easy to lose fat on the low carb diet after a few weeks. Uh, so uh, what people do is they do the carb cycling where they, you know, eat no carbs to get those benefits with super fat loss for one day. And then, the, you know, the next day they have a a high carb day, you know, and they get those benefits. They get their, all those hunger hormones get replenished. The thyroid levels go up, all those kinds of things. And then they go back, you know, to a medium carb day or another low carb day or a no carb day and keep on recycling through all like that. Another way to get around this is just like weekly refeeds or like weekly cheat meals or eating on the weekends, eating a lot of carbs. And then, uh, you know, during the week eating like no carbs, there's different ways that people get around this, try to get around this with the thyroid slowing down uh, from dieting, low-carb diet. Another thing that people do is they just take thyroid hormone. It's pretty standard practice among a lot of bodybuilders, but thyroid hormone is not a fun thing to be on. It uh, makes you way too hot, makes you very tired, it makes you out of breath, it makes your heart be a little bit funny. You can get... Um, palpitations which is where your heart like loses its rhythm and will kind of like slam a bit it's it's it causes anxiety um it's not a fun thing to use so uh and it's very catabolic too it, i mean if you're trying to use that and you know gain muscle at the same time dude it's going to neutralize the all your steroids that you're using and that are going to be trying to help you gain muscle like the t3 will just overpower anything you're on even trembolone so I'm not saying that, that you couldn't make modifications to your diet and everything and keep on gaining muscle. You could. Uh, but, you know, the T3 has the power to, it, you know, if you just kept on increasing T3 dosage, you could just keep on increasing or overpowering any kind of muscle gain effects of your steroids or your diet or whatever you could do. The T3 is like a very, very powerful hormone. Know that. Know that. And also know that when you go off of it, 
there's a 7 to 14 day rebound where you your metabolism is super low and you're super low energy and you gain a ton of fat during that period if you're not like on mega roids at the same time <laughs> so, so know those things about thyroid hormone okay the uh next question is from uh Mastron and he says ultrasound shows enlarged prostate I'm on cycle what can be done Man, if you're getting ultrasounds, though, it seems like you should be talking to your doctor about that because hopefully he has a plan. I'm going to give some random stabs on what he's going to do, and that is give you dutasteride, finasteride, and he's also going to tell you to go off cycle because, I mean, like the main problem is high estrogen being combined with the high male hormone levels, okay? So whatever roids you're on, you know, those are interacting in your prostate tissue with and also the estrogen from any testosterone or any uh anything d-ball or anything like that that creates estrogen that you may have it's also interacting uh in the prostate so if your prostate ever gets swollen and you're ever feeling like uh you're ever feeling like hard to pee or when you do pee the stream is like weak and not coming out at a good rate or like a lot um then, you know, you need to, you know, take some, first thing is you take some aromatase inhibitor, you know, arimidex, letrozole, exemestane, you know, you take one of those tablets and see uh, what happens in the next 24 hours or so. That's the first thing. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'd be able to control it. And, you know, at the same time, what you'd start doing is you'd, you know, if you weren't able to just control it and get it under control right away, then the next step would be um, taking... Uh, taking less roids taking less roids you just start you know basically stop taking them for a little bit and see or you could just you know take less for a little bit and see you know like if it cleared up um make sure to keep you know the estrogen low at the same time and then removing especially removing offending agents like masteron or uh, proviron and then making sure you get that testosterone like really low like do not be taking a lot of testosterone because that's one thing that you know i like to take a lot of testosterone but if you're having prostate problems don't be taking a lot of testosterone because that is one thing that really aggravates uh the prostate because the testosterone produces both estrogen and it produces dihydrotestosterone and those are the two hormones that are both responsible together for having the prostate have the problem so if you take testosterone you're like directly contributing to that problem if you are having that problem, okay? But, you know, most guys, you know, can use a gram of testosterone per week and not be having mega problems with this, okay? So that's the prevalence on that. Kind of splitting hairs there. Um, your doctor may, you know, if none of those things did work too, your doctor may prescribe you finasteride or dutasteride. So that would be the next step usually that they would take. The uh, next question is from Maverick, who asks, I'm experiencing tingling elbows and fingers on growth hormone. Can anything be done to prevent this? Yeah, so what that is, is it's like pressure on nerves. Since there there's more intake on water, and there's just some swelling that happens, like especially in your extremities on growth hormone, and that can produce uh, some pressure on your nerves and make you get these tingly sensations some people say they get a carpal tunnel uh a carpal tunnel feeling on it i, I mean i guess i guess yeah but 
I think that that's, you know, carpal tunnel means on the top of your wrist. But I think a more accurate way to describe it would be like feeling like your hands fell asleep or there was like tingling in the tips of your fingers or uh, like your elbows somewhere, you know, some kind of sensation in your elbows. Um, you know, just randomly, though, body parts just kind of falling asleep a little bit. Um, but if you're doing something like uh, like mowing the lawn or riding a motorcycle or uh, riding a bike, uh, something like that where you're holding on to something for an extended period of time, you would definitely feel the growth hormone hand effect, which is, you know, your hand feels swollen and uh, it will feel like there's a lot of tingly, like pinpricks all over it. Um, and also just in general, during growth hormone use, it's more difficult to make a fist. Those are some of the side effects of using that. All right, the next question. There cannot be anything done to prevent that except for a low-carb diet because then that decreases water retention in the body. Like, So, so much water goes out of your body. But then, you know, if you're on a low-carb diet, again, you're not going to be getting anywhere near as much strength or, uh, you know, just firepower from your steroids, and that's just a fact. Uh, so... <laughs> It, technically, like, no, nothing can be done about it. No, nothing can be done about the uh, water retention effects from growth hormone. If you're really having a bad time, a low-carb diet can do it at a cost. So the next question is from K. Paxi, and he says, Many swear by D-ball being only a pre-workout drug. Others say spreading dosing out is the only way to go. Your opinion? Yeah, D-ball is really short life in the body drug like from you know it peaks something like 30 to 45 minutes after you take the tablet in your blood so that's when the peak level of the hormone is in your blood and then by two three four hours later that's reduced to only half that peak concentration and then it's like out of your body by like you know like 10 12 hours after you take it for the most part you know it's not really doing a lot there anymore so yeah, it does work though. Like anecdotally, it does work to take them all this, you know, all at once or take them, you know, throughout the day. You know, people use them, taking them, you know, 50 milligrams all in the morning or 50 milligrams all at night or, you know, dosed with, you know, five meals per day, 10 milligrams once, you know, at each meal for five milligrams per day, 50 milligrams. They take them in all those different ways and make, you know, great muscle gains, strength gains, et cetera, performance gains on them. Um, on D-ball uh, so it works in any method you do it uh, I think it makes the most sense since it is like a short uh, half-life uh, it's not very active it's not active in the body for a long long time uh, like I said its peak concentration is only about half of that and by three hours after you take the tablet and by about like 10 hours or so it's mostly done doing its thing so personally, I like to take it throughout the day, like morning, lunchtime, dinner, or like with meals or something like that. Like these things in general, they affect the way that you process food. That's the main thing that they do in your body is make your food uh, be processed the way that you want it to for bodybuilding. So just in general, it makes the sense to use something that's going to be active immediately like that uh, and have a short duration of effect. Uh it just makes sense to take it with your food to make it be able to affect the food the most. You know, honestly, pre-workout steroids don't really work that good. Like, yeah, they work, 
like they have an effect. You can feel it. If you take 50 milligrams pre-workout of D-ball, like you can feel that in the gym. There's a difference. And, you know, if you take 100 milligrams of testosterone suspension pre-workout, you know, yeah, you can feel it in the gym. There's a difference. But it's not really like that big of a difference. And it really doesn't like up your game that much. That's not going to be like one of the factors. That may be fun. That may be fun. But it's not going to be one of the factors that really changes things or... It, you know, if when you're working towards like doing bodybuilding and growing your body and, you know, shaping it the way you want to, et cetera, uh, those pre-workout roids, taking them, you know, in order to get some kind of boost in the gym, that's not going to be the magic bullet you're looking for because that's like negligible. Mostly it's just kind of annoying to take pre-workout like anabolics kind of like makes you a little bit hotter and a little bit more annoying field and like more like water retented like taking D-ball or testosterone suspension or anadrol pre-workout, things like that, it kind of just puts you like in a little bit of a foul mood and like kind of water retented, um, not feeling satisfied, maybe also paranoid, make you feel a bit paranoid. And um, uh, just overall, like kind of just feeling like swollen up and bloated and not good. <laughs> They do make a difference though in the gym. They they do they do, but it's it's not a crazy difference. It's not a crazy difference. It's not like you take that and oh my gosh, you're putting up more weight and you're doing like a ton more reps. Like no. I mean it may help you put up like maybe an extra five pounds or like maybe do like another couple reps or something at some point during your workout, but it's not something where like you take it pre workout. And it really has, it's like, it's a different workout than, than if you didn't take it pre-workout. That's not the way it works. This is like a negligible effect. It mainly affects like the pump. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't affect your performance so much is what I'm trying to say. Like it may help you, you know, to be able to squeeze out an extra five pounds on a PR or something, but you know, no guarantees. And this is talking to somebody who's used it, you know, like there's no guarantees on that. But it may help. I mean, it, it, it probably would, but definitely no guarantee. So so that's what I'm talking about. Like, people that think, oh, you take this pre-workout and it has some kind of crazy effect. No, that's not how hormones work, okay? Hormones, they're not like recreational drugs. They don't, like, kick in when you take them. They they, they take a while for their their effects to build up. And that's the same reason why, like, if you take, you know it once a day the 50 milligrams devo or or you take it out or you take it you know with each meal it works either way because this stuff it takes time to build up it builds up in your system so when you expect things to like make a big difference because you take it at one time a day or or some something like that no that's you're putting a uh yes yes it does make a small difference but it's one of the the small difference things so it's kind of like an afterthought it's something like an afterthought Although I do take my oral steroids with meals, not gonna de- not gonna deny that. I like to do that. Okay, so next question here is from Diana Ball King, and he says, "How to train while cruising on 250 milligrams testosterone per week after a blast of steroids?" Okay, um, when you are on the cruise you want to like get healthy so 
that's the whole thing that you're doing the cruise for is you're trying to make all your blood levels. You know, when you're doing, if you've done a cycle of steroids and then you go down and do a cruise where you, you know, you do testosterone replacement therapy, one cc or 250 milligrams of testosterone per week for a set period of time. And, uh, you know, a, mo- a couple months, th- few months, something like that. The point of that is to get, you know, all health markers to the normal range, okay? To the normal range. So... If you're doing the training that you're still trying to do the same kind of training that you were doing when you were on all those hormones, honestly, I know that what they say on the internet is like, oh, you go balls out, you know, when you're in PCT and you go balls out (laughs) when you're on cruise on your cycle. But like people who have been doing this for a while know that that's not possible. Uh, That's some kind of weird, inexperienced, like little punani typing that like in his 15-year-old basement bedroom or something with his Care Bears on the bed because that's not real, man. That's not real. Dude, you tear yourself apart if you if you keep on training like that. When you have all that support from all those hormones and shit and all that recovery ability from, you know, being on cycle of steroids, if you come off and you just keep on for an extended period of time, more than like a couple weeks or a few weeks, you know, if you keep on like over a period of a long-ass time, like, freaking like going balls to the wall like you will tear yourself apart okay you'll feel it you'll feel it you'll feel it because we've all done it we've all been there we've all been there and done that so what it will feel like is you'll be doing your exercises and you will be like having to strain so much and it'll feel like you're like grinding your joints or like your muscle fibers are like gonna rip or something because you do not have that support there and like i've said before when you're on hormones, it feels like your muscle fibers and your tendons and everything are like made out of steel. Okay. Like they are physically stronger. I don't, it's, I don't know what it is. Okay. That makes them physically stronger. It's probably something like, I have no idea. It's something it has got to have something to do with the cells. I don't think anyone knows, but it is, it's a fact they are. So your, your recovery ability your ability to cover recover from injuries um and just the actual like fibers of your muscles and your tendons they are so much stronger when you're on cycle and if you keep on trying to train like you're on cycle when you're off cycle you will tear yourself apart everyone with experience knows that this is true if you would like your questions to be answered on the steroids podcast Go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast on Instagram. Until next time.